Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Brad Julius again. We are going through the book of James. We are in James chapter 2 and we have gone as far as verse 10. And in verse 1 to 10, it was actually talking about you should not be partial. Don't have the respect of persons when in judgment when we are trying to deal with people. A rich man comes to your congregation, a poor man also comes. Don't elevate the rich man and put the poor man down under, under, under your footstool. That's really what he's talking about, and we as human beings, we human beings have that uh, respectability that we need to deal with when it comes to the household of faith, so that we just to love our neighbor as ourselves. That poor man is to your neighbor, just like the rich man is your neighbor also. So, but don't elevate the rich and downgrade the poor just because he's poorer in the way he looks than you, or because this man is so rich the way he looks than you, and you begin to show some respectability. That's what Apostle James is talking about. Just treat everybody equally, with respect, both the poor and the rich. And then you will not offend. And that's what he's saying. And he went further in verse 10. We're now in verse 10. Say, For whosoever shall keep the old law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Think about that. Say, There are ten commandments. Oh, so, yeah, don't do this, don't do that. If you offend one, you are a sinner. You don't have to break all the ten. Just one. You are, you are already a sinner. So that's what he said. Verse 11 says, For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou become a transgressor of the law. That's what he said. Any of those offenses will make you a sinner. Not, you don't have to break all of them to, to go to hell. So that's why he said that if you commit no adultery yet, you kill. And Jesus Christ said, you know, to cause somebody, to be angry with somebody without a cause is a, is a murder. So you are just as guilty as the murderer. So then he says, so speak ye, verse 12, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. Now you see, when you look at the scripture, you can see that no man can be saved by keeping the law. So that's why Christ comes to freely forgive the old man and then give us a new heart, a new nature. So when Christ is in you, you should automatically be righteous. When Christ is in us, we are made righteous so that the law is fulfilled in us. So we don't need the thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery because we don't do those things anymore when Christ comes to you. So that is very important that even though Apostle James is still bringing forth this point to the forefront, but Christ in us makes us to fulfill all those laws. 
So if you are still struggling with any of those offenses, that means get born again. All you need is to be born again. Christ come and live inside you. And those offenses will not be in you anymore because you are a new Christian in Christ Jesus. Verse 14 of James chapter 2. And it's changing here again now. What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and has not work, and have not works, can faith save him? Now he's comparing faith and work, and he's going to have a reason why he's comparing that because when you go to the book of Apostle Paul, you see Apostle Paul emphasizing that we are saved by grace, by grace through faith. That is, it is a free gift that God gave to us. That is what grace means. But it is because we believe that's the through our faith we believe that's why you are saved and when apostle james is trying to correct call, 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 do a corollary between faith and works is it could be misunderstood as if he's saying it is not faith that saves us it's works that saves us and people have assumed that that was what he was going against apostle paul in this letter but not really if you understand the grace of god and where faith comes into play you know that we are saved through by grace of god that saved us through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we are saved from our sin. And when we are saved, we are automatically on our way to heaven. But the works of righteousness that we are talking about here is to give us the reward when we come before Christ, the reward for serving Him. And like I explained in the previous sermon, if you don't have Christ at all, your works are dead. No matter how good your works are, they won't get to heaven because you don't have Jesus Christ. You have to partake of the sacrifice of Christ, first and foremost, before you can be saved. But Apostle James was trying to compare faith and works here, and he's going to describe it in, in, in another way. He say the works of righteousness you are showing is, is what he thinks is, is like certifying that you have faith. That's what he really says. He doesn't say you don't need faith. He says that he's certified that you have faith. Now let's read it the way he said it. See, what does it profit, my brethren? Though a man may a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? So what he's saying is that, well, somebody needs your help, you can help him or her, but you didn't give the help, you just say, I'll pray for you. And you pray and pray, beautiful prayer, and say, oh, God is going to supply it. But better God supply this needs through men, through men. So if he has given you the opportunity to be able to supply that need for that person, don't postpone it to let somebody else do it. No, that is where he's talking, he's coming from. Don't, don't think somebody else will do it. Try to be the one to do it then god is going to be seeing your faith working because you're helping your brother so that's really what he's talking about you don't push it forward to somebody else to do it and see how you'll be blessing you'll be praying you when you can afford to help you out then that's why he comes to you or she comes to you so that is very important that's what he's saying here that's if a brother is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say depart in peace be ye warm and feel that's the kind of prayer he said, yeah, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. So what does it profit? Verse 17, if so, even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 18, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. 
show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. So he's saying, this is how I show that I believe. I believe in righteousness. I believe in holiness. I believe in God by showing my works right here physically that this is my, my proof that I am following God. That's what he's saying. That's my faith working. Verse 19. Thou believest that I say one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Even Satan believes there's, there's one God. And Satan is not going anywhere other than the lake of fire. So you can believe there's God. That's not enough. You better do the works of God. Show that you believe God, you're fearing God, and you're serving God by helping other people. That's what he said. By doing the works of righteousness, that's serving God. Because the Bible will say in a place, when you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. That's a good Bible verse. He that giveth to the poor, lendeth to the Lord. So that means when you are doing the works of righteousness, you are serving God. Because the Bible says, do all things as unto Christ. So whatever we are doing, we are doing it for the Lord. So if you are doing something to help your, your neighbor that needed help, you are doing something to help your brother that needed some financial help, say so you are doing it to the Lord. So now if you say, I believe in the Lord, and yet you are not doing something that you could have done to help your brother or your sister, then you are not doing it to the Lord. So that is where you have to compare the faith and works here. Now your faith in Christ should be producing works of righteousness. Verse 20. Say, but will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Says thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then now that by works a man is justified, not, and not by faith only. Now, he, when he brought in the story of Abraham, and when you go to the book of, of uh, Paul, Paul described that that's Bible verse that was cited, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. It was not when he, it was not when he sacrificed Isaac that God said that. It was when God told him that, oh, you will have a son. When he said, I have no son. And God said, you have not given me a seed. And God said, oh, you will have a seed. You look into the sky. Can you count them? So shall I seed be. And the Bible said, Abraham believed. That believing in what he has not seen and God promised of a future things like that, and he believed, God said, that is righteousness. So that was where Apostle Paul was quoting the scriptures to confirm that Abraham is justified, not by, not the sacrifice of Isaac that justified him, it is believing what God promised when he has nothing. That was what justified him. That's what you see, because the, the because they are, both of them quoted the same Bible verse, but Apostle Paul explained it clearly that, you see, the word of God is it has a, it, 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 when God said it, it's very important. And that's what Apostle Paul is saying. God said it to Abraham when he has not had any child yet and he just believed what God said. That is Genesis chapter 15. You can read from verse 1 to verse 6 here. It was in a vision. And Abraham talked to God in verse 2. God first spoke to Abraham and said, I am after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God talking to Abraham in a vision. And Abraham answered and said, Lord God, 
What will thou give me, seeing I go shirtless? And that was when he was still like 75 years old, one year old. And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And look, one born in my house is my hair. So Abraham was more or less talking to God and said, I have no son, no child, nothing. Somebody that is a servant that's going to own everything after if I die right now. He was already 75 years old by this time, or even older. And verse 4 said, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thy heir. But he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Verse 6 is what they are talking about. And Abraham believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. So now that is the Bible verse that is being quoted in the book of James. In verse 23, that said, the scripture said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And it was called a friend of God. So it was when he believed, when he asked nothing, and God promised that look at the stars, can you count them? So shall thy seed be. And he believed that when he was already 75 years old. And he has nothing, nothing in short. That God said, for believing me, that's righteousness. That's doing the right thing. So that is what Apostle Paul said, that that was what justified Abraham, our faith in the Lord. The same way we are justified by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You had the gospel that Jesus Christ is the death on the cross is to save your soul. He shed his blood just to make you a holy person. To and you believe that, that's righteousness in the eyes of God. Everything you are doing before, all the works to do this, they are not the one that will make you righteous. Just believing that he died for you on the cross. That it is for your purpose that he died, not that he died on his own purpose. And that's what the Jews couldn't believe. They were thinking he was that man that was crucified, he was guilty. He was a blasphemer. That's why they crucified him. And they were putting all the heaps of upon the upon the Messiah. But the Bible just said, the Bible said, He died for you and me to save us from our sins. When you believe that God will walk you, walk you, and give you a new nature. That believing that you have to believe it. If you don't believe it, it won't work. It won't be so for you. But when you believe that, that is called righteousness. That is what justifies us. That was what Apostle Paul was saying. We are justified by faith in Christ's shed blood. If you don't understand that, you will be thinking like uh, the letter of James seems to be saying that it is when you do something now that you are justified. Whatever you do now, it's not what you do now. What you do now is to certify that you have been saved. If you have not been doing the works of righteousness, then it looks like you are not understanding salvation. You are not understanding that Christ has changed your heart and now you are now to walk for him. The Bible said in the Titus chapter 2 verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we have to deny all those evil things. We should live soberly, godly, and righteously in this present world. So, what are we saying? It is the grace that teaches us that we are to live the do the works of righteousness. Verse 11 and 12. The grace of God that brings salvation. That's this grace that we are talking about. You are saved by grace through the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. It has appeared to all men. We are now to accept it and believe in it. 
But he's teaching us that we have to deny ungodliness. So you have to deny ungodliness. If you really understand it, you have to deny ungodliness and worldly loss. Those are the sinful nature. And live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And he went further in verse 13 and 14. That you have to keep looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. So Christ redeemed us from all iniquity, not in not that's all done, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So then when we are saved, we are to be zealous of good works. So it's not the good works that's going to save us. It is we are saved, make us to be now be zealous of good works and do the good works that you are zealous to do. So you can't put the cart be, before the horse, is what you are saying. Because if you don't understand the scripture, you'll be putting the cart before the other. You have to do your good work before you can be saved, which is what it looks like uh, James chapter 2 is saying here. But that's not what Apostle Paul is saying. You have to be saved, and then when you are saved, you should be zealous. You should be zealous of good works and do those good works that salvation has taught you to do. And that's why I read the book of Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. So Christ has redeemed us from all iniquity, that's our salvation, saved from our bad nature, evil nature, sinful nature, and is purifying us a peculiar people, peculiar people that are zealous of good works. So from now that we are saved, we are zealous to do good, we are zealous to be righteous, we are zealous to do things that are pleased to God. That zeal is what you make you to do the good works, and God is going to be blessing you. So the salvation makes us to be zealous of good works, and doing those good works. It's for reward in heaven, not to give us saved. We are already saved. We are doing the good works. But those who are not saved because they don't believe Jesus Christ, they are not saved. If you don't believe in Christ Jesus, you don't accept his sacrifice on the cross, you are not saved. No matter your good works is unrighteousness. In the Bible says, all our good works, all our righteousness are filthy rags before God. That's why he came to sacrifice his blood, his blood for us. Those who partake of that sacrifice, now they are accepted as righteous before God. Then your good works will be acceptable as a reward for you. Verse 24, let's go back to the book of James. Verse 24 says, Ye see then now that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. We are justified by the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Our works is to certify that we are actually justified. We are actually already justified and we are already saved. Verse 25. Likewise, also he was given another example. He said, Rehab the Allah, justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is there, so faith without works is there also. Now, when you get to those two Bible verses, he gave an example of Rehab the Allah. If you don't know the story of Rehab, you have to go to the book of Joshua and read it in Joshua chapter 2. We are Rehab the Allah. That woman was an Allah. So you can say, our trade was bad, not so. Analog was a sinner, not so. But Analog can still believe there is a God, not so. And she heard about the Israelites that are coming from Egypt, how their God was doing wonders. And he believed that that is the true God, or all right, that can divide the race. And she feared, she feared for her life. And when she had the opportunity, why the rest of the city of Jericho, that was in Jericho, when they got to Jericho, they had gone to about to destroy Jericho now. And she was living in Jericho. 
And the people in Jericho, they also had the same stories. They had all this news about the Israelites coming from Egypt. How things were happening. How the Israelites destroyed the two kings on the other side. And they were scared, all right? But they wanted to defend themselves. They were not going to surrender. They wanted to defend against God. They wanted to fight against God. But this harlot, when she saw the opportunity to, to help these two spies that came to spy out Jericho, she helped them and crowned to them that save me and my family. Your God is the true God. That is faith in their God. But he said, James was saying it was because she saved that to those two spies, that was what saved the woman. Of course, if she just believed and saw the opportunity and didn't help those men and just turn them in, that means she didn't really believe in their God that is able to do wonders. She believed that God can do wonders, all right? All the other people that knew about these things and they didn't have the opportunity, you can't say they didn't believe. Yeah, they believe. But if they have had the opportunity, but instead of helping, they turn these people away to the to the, to the to their government to kill them because they are spies. Well, that means they are part of the people that are fighting against this God. They said they, they, they believe what he did. Because he's wanting to believe that this the God of this Israelites is the true God or is just one of the gods. See, that is the different part make the difference. Because in Jericho, in those days, they have their own God, an idol, they call it. That they might be praying to their own idol to save them. So those who think their idol can save them, if they think the idol of these other people, which we say the God of these other people also is powerful, but they think their own God or their own idol is just as powerful, so they are going to be fight, trying to fight for their own God or their own idol. But the difference between them and Rehab was that perhaps Rehab didn't believe in those idols they were worshipping anyway. But she heard about the God that divided the Red Sea. The God that did those wonders in the wilderness. That must be the true God. So by believing that that is the true God, she was ready to go to the side of that God that is the true God. And when she saw the opportunity, she cried to them, I'm not going to turn these people in, I'm going to be part of them. That's really what she did. And of course, that was what saved her, that turning herself to be part of them, to protect them and send them away and save my life. That is what saved her from being destroyed with them. But it was because she believed in the true God that, that their God is the true God. Whatever idol they were worshipping that they were thinking would defend their city, that is no God. So that is, you know, the soul. We can now say, yes, it is the faith of that woman Rahab in the true God that saved her rather than the fact that she sent those people out and they protected them. Because if she didn't believe that is the true God, she most likely would say our own God can fight their own God too and try to and try to and try to fight for her own God and turn these people over, just like the other people have done. So it is both faith and the fact that she protected them, that saved them. That's true. So that's what James is saying. So you don't want to emphasize works and, and neglect faith. That's why he said, it's not faith only. Faith has to produce some evidence. Remember that faith has to produce some evidence. Remember that. Remember examples of... Uh, People that came to the Lord Jesus Christ when he was preaching, the woman with the issue of blood, she had she had the issue of blood for 12 years, I would say. But when she heard about Jesus Christ, the people were touching this rabbi and they were getting healed. She believed. Believing alone is not enough because faith is believing also. But she has to produce her works. She said to herself, If I may touch 
the hem of his garment. I also will be made whole. But that's still good. That still fits. But she better go and touch the hem of the garment. But that's going to take some serious work. That is the work that we save her. If she didn't produce that work, there will be no answer story to tell. So faith is essential. But faith has to produce some evidence. And that was the evidence of that woman that she really believed. She was able to struggle through the crowd just to touch this uh, Messiah. And when she did, she was healed. And that is, is an example of what James was saying here. That is the works that woman produced. And when she touched Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said, Thy faith has made thee whole. You see now, it is not thy works have made thee whole. Let's go to that story. If you can get that story real quick, that Paul, that the Lord Jesus Christ told that woman with the issue of blood that came running and finally got to Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ, when that woman was seen, Jesus Christ didn't say, Thy works of touching me has made you. He said, Thy faith has made you go in peace, be all of thy place. So, because it takes faith for that woman to, to press through the crowd like that, but the works of pressing through the crowd is what we are seeing. That has to show if you don't press through the crowd to go touch this man, it means that you are not ready to show your faith. You have to show your faith by those steps. Those steps that you take, that is showing your faith. If you don't take those steps, you just give up and say, oh, too much crowd, and you let it go. Then you will be the one to blame. You'll be sorry because you won't get what you what you are believing for. So that is why Jesus said it is the faith of that woman that made our oh, say they go in peace. Thy faith hath made thee whole. So always remember, your faith must produce some works. That's what Apostle James is saying. Verse 26 of James chapter 2. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That is, if I say I believe and I am expecting miracle, and the Lord said, rise up. Take for example, when he got to somebody, that's and he told let's get to this man that was by the pool of Bethesda. The man has been sitting for many for many years. They said the man has been coming to that pool where they said they, an angel come every season to stir the water up. And the man believed that if you could get into that water first, he will be made which you couldn't get in there, other people step in there before him. But there come one day Jesus Christ came by and said to the man, Will thou be made whole? She didn't know who Jesus Christ was, so she tried to respond and say, Well, yeah, I tried many times. I, before I get there, people get in there before me. Jesus Christ just said, Rise and take up your bed and walk. Now, that is a command. The man has to take those steps. Once he took the step to take up her bed, she, uh, his bed, you just see that he's able to do it on his way. And that effort is believing, it's exercising your faith. So, the same way when Jesus Christ said the, to the woman, Thy faith has made you, our faith must produce those steps of faith that show that we believe what it said we should do. When he told the man that was born blind and is put upon the ground, made clear out of spittle, anoint the eyes of the man and say, Go and wash in the pool of Sidon. If the man didn't go to wash, that means he didn't believe what the, what the, what the logic said. But because he didn't know who Jesus Christ was, they were just passing by and they were talking about him. He was listening. And this man did what he did and said, Go and watch. But he believed and went and watched. Somebody led him to the pool. And when he did, his eyes was restored. 
those steps of going to watch is essential. That is what I'm trying to point out. Those are the works that your faith must do, the works of righteousness. And those, and that is what God was proving in Abraham also after he has received the baby now. After Abraham has received the baby, now God said, Well, does this man still believe that God can still do miracles? Go and kill this baby and sacrifice him on the on the altar on the mountain. Abraham still believed God that way. God said, My seed will still be as the stars of heaven. This is the only seed that is still left. Well, God is able to fulfill what he said. My seed will be as the stars of heaven. So he went and did that. So those steps is proving his faith that yes, I believe what God said. So that faith is very essential to produce what? You must, you must take those steps as God commanded it. Go and watch. That he told the man that was born blind. He went and watched and he got his sight. So our faith must produce some works and must show some effort, some action. We call it actions of your we call it work. Actions of your faith. In some of the hours that someone have preached, I said these are actions of faith. We will continue this in the next chapter of the book of James. I pray that the Lord will bless your heart with all of this exhortation. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, Precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In, in other words, we can say, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.